Welcome to Creatively Christian, a podcast by Theophany Media, where we inspire, inform, educate, and empower creative Christians of all types. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Hollingsworth. Today, Andrea connects with musician, podcaster, and community leader, Alan C. Paul, about encouraging and serving others through our creative pursuits. Alan also shares an encouraging word from his devotional book to wrap up. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Creatively Christian. I am your host, Andrea Sandifer, and today I am really blessed to be joined by Alan C. Paul. Alan is a musician uh, from the Miami, Florida area, and he is also the founder of the God and Gigs community, which we're going to learn more about today. So uh, welcome, Alan. How are you today? I am doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so looking forward to sharing, you know, just with more creatives. I feel like I'm at home already. Like we, we, we've got our tribe and we're, we're nestled in and we're ready to just kind of talk everything that that's important to us, both in God and in terms of uh, our creative talents and the gifts that he gives us. So I'm, I'm so happy to be here. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. I love that. This is our tribe. We just, we're just sitting down having a conversation with our people. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like we have a lot to learn from you just in what you're doing. And, um, so yeah, this is, I've been looking forward to this for a while and, um, yeah, let's just kind of kick things off. Can you share a little bit about like your faith, uh, your upbringing in your faith and then, uh, your creative background? Well, uh, as always, it's so hard to put your entire life right in just a few words. Like, yes, from once upon a time, um, I always like to start with this. I try to boil it down to four or five words. Um, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a creative, and I'm forgiven. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know anything else about me, that is all you need to know, (laughs) that those four words really are my identity. And of course, it really starts from the last one, which is forgiven, that I I believe in Jesus, and I know that he changed my life, and I know that everything I do at this point, being able to be a husband, being able to be a father of three, married to my wife now for almost 25 years, uh, and uh, being a creative and being able to live and work inside the church, outside the church, playing uh, music as I've been a pianist since age of four, I guess my mom says I started because uh, uh, she has the videos to prove it. I don't don't remember any of that. But since then, I uh, went to uh, high school, got serious about classical music, uh, performed with the Tampa Bay Symphony at 18 uh, and then went on to college at the University of Miami and got my bachelor's in music as a jazz, jazz, piano and music education. And uh, so I've been a teacher, I've been an educator and uh, in that area. And then as far as church work, ministry, I've been a full-time staff member and minister of music and, you know, a couple, thank God, only a couple of churches. I've been long-term for pretty much every ministry I've been in, but I've been at Metro Life Church for the last 12 years or so as a worship band director and uh, now also working with their podcast and media. And I guess last is, you mentioned God and Gigs, I am now a writer and an author, and I created a community to help musicians like me who also play outside of church. I also do the gigs, I do the weddings, I do the the functions that are in the the local tavern and the bar, (laughs) and uh, I perform there, and I love R&B and jazz and music, and I realized that there are people like me who go to church on Sunday morning, but also play Saturday night. And I wanted to have a place where they could succeed as musicians and artists without feeling like they were out of place and that they were out of will of God. And that's why I created God and Gigs, wrote a book in 2017, and the podcast started in around 2018. And yeah, that's my story, uh, how I, what I do. And like I said, it all goes back to those first four words that I want people to encompass and have their identity as being creators, but first of all, being connected to their faith and knowing that who they are 
and God is what matters. And that allows them to do all the other things. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's a great way to anchor ourselves in anything that we do. Um, especially as creative people, if we, if we lose that focus, then, um, I feel like we're losing the mission in a way. And, uh, that's awesome. And yeah, you t- kind of touched on God and gigs and just kind of how that almost your heart behind, uh, creating that. I would love to hear specifically, like how did God kind of call you into that? Were there different conversations or different relationships that you had where you saw, man, there's a big need here. And how did that come about? Oh, this is one of those kind of happy accidents where God kind of leads you where you didn't expect to go. And it's like, okay, I didn't intend to get here. And you show up there. It's like, you want to say it was faith and it it was more like God kind of like pushing you along the, 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 pushing along the path, like a dad behind the the kid that doesn't want to ride the bike. Uh, That's kind of how it was. So I will kind of truncate it and shorten it and to say, I was teaching, as I mentioned, for about eight, nine years, uh, decided that God was kind of calling me more to full-time ministry. At the same time, my kids were about, I'd say second grade and first grade. And I had a fifth grader, uh, decided to call me out. I actually homeschooled my first, my younger two kids. Uh, so I came out of the school system at that time. Uh, at that time, you, okay, I have no full-time job. It's like, oh, well, church work is great. And I still play at my church, but not exactly paying all the bills, if you know what I mean. So yes. it's like, what did I go to school for? Oh, I went to school, not just for music education, but I went for jazz. And so I should be playing jazz. That's kind of what I went to school for. And so about three or four years into it, I kind of felt like a green light. So God said, go and start playing your gigs, start playing. And so that's kind of where I got back into, because all those times at, at, at public school and even in ministry at my former church, I I wasn't doing gigs. I wasn't playing anything secular. I almost felt like a kind of a prohibition in my heart that I shouldn't be playing that. Mm. Um, and it was like, God said, no, you have a mission field. That's not just on Sundays and you use your gift to, to apply it. And so that's when I started playing gigs. And like you said, it was like, I kind of started looking around and said, well, I go to church on Sunday. And then I started looking around, like, where are these musicians that I see? I see them at church all the time, but they never mention that they play <laughs> at the local, at the local real wedding. They don't mention that. They don't talk about it. I'm like, okay, how do I schedule? What do I tell my pastor when I do have this conflict? What do I do when I do need to like take a gig that, Hey, you know, we're playing some interesting music here. How am I supposed to deal with that? There was nothing, no resources to say, to tell me how to navigate it. And so I just kind of, I remember actually being like in the morning, just, I guess, brushing my teeth or shower or whatever. And, God kind of downloaded the word service in my head. I said, service, what does that mean? And I broke it down to seven principles that would help me and hopefully somebody else to navigate. So that's kind of where it came. And I guess the other quick thing I'll say is the community was already there. Hmm. I didn't go seeking out people to say, hey, what do we do? Like there were already musicians that were around me that were going to church. There were already people who were actresses and artists and they, they were already in my world. And so we gravitated. And like I just mentioned, we talk about these things. We talked about our marriages. We talked about how do I manage, you know, my bills and how do I manage contracts and how do I pay this person that doesn't want to deal with me and relationships. So these were backroom conversations every day at the, at the, in, at the art events. And we talked about it. So now it's like, Oh, why don't we talk about it? Come to, come to this studio. Let's talk about it some more, but let's have food and let's come to my house and let's talk about it instead of just random so it became part of the community. That's what really fell into. Like the community was already around us. We just had to say, hey, let's be intentional 
mm-hmm. and have these conversations in a place where maybe somebody else could be helped by it. So I guess that's kind of how it went together. Both God kind of dropping things in my spirit and putting me in the environment where this was a natural outgrowth of what we were already doing. I love that. And just the progression of that faithfulness, that faithful, obedient walk forward and, and letting it almost unfold and um, yeah, just being intentional. Yes. But then also with that paying attention to what's already happening in our lives and in our relationships and how can we serve each other better? Um, And then what a blessing to, you know, take those conversations, take what you guys are learning and the questions you have, Um, And I know we'll talk about more about the community, but, and then bringing that into um, a way to reach out to others and to come alongside others. It's really great. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, So as you have been encouraging each other um, and as your community has grown, what, what are like some foundational needs that you see uh, most creative people seem to have what struggles do they they what's like a a common theme that you see uh with the people that you encourage well it's first of all like I said first I have to kind of look at myself right I have to look inward and say okay first of all I can't I can't lead anyone it's like the blind leading the blind unless I first admit to myself that these are my issues (laughs) and then I look around like oh they're not just my issues there's Mm -hmm. other people that share them so my issues have been um, I like to break it down to three. These are three common problems, hesitation, frustration, and isolation. I think like, like, and I can't even say that I made that up like a long time ago. This is only recently starting to kind of congeal in my mind as here are the struggles that we all go through as creatives. The first one with hesitation is, I think you mentioned earlier before we started recording the doubt, the fear, the, am I supposed to do this? What if nobody likes it? What if uh, what if God doesn't bless it? What if, uh, you know, the song just, you know, especially is when we're called, we feel called and God is calling us to do something, but then there's this disconnect of, well, if God blesses it, how could it not go well? How could God call me to do it? And then nobody calls me back or nobody raises their hand for salvation or nobody likes the song is like that hesitation, scare, the scariness, the fear, I think is the first one that stops so many creatives in our tracks because I, I mentioned this, uh, and I think in the devotional, um, that we are almost built as a gift. God, you know, says that the gifts of God are without repentance. So we are built and created to be givers and to put things out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, in my picture, it's like a lonely Christmas present unopened under the tree. And that's how we feel when we are the one that supposed God give me this to sing or to say, or to write or to give and yet nobody opens me like I'm the one in the tree that nobody wanted to even shake and check out. And that's a lonely feeling. So I think the hesitation mm-hmm. of that is you don't want to go forward because what if, what if it's, what if I'm wrong? What if it doesn't go well? Second one, as I mentioned, was a uh, frustration because it kind of goes along with that. So now I try it and nothing happens. So I get frustrated. Now there's the anger, there's the fear, there's the feeling of why me? So I think all creators go through that at one stage or another. Hey, why isn't my stuff working? What did I do wrong? You know, why am I not following following through? And why am I not getting some people? It's not about getting big, but it can be about just feeling successful, you know, or the frustration of, like you mentioned, a lot of people who are not full-time artists, they have to deal with the nine to five. 
So now the frustration is my time management. My frustration is I don't have enough time. I don't feel like I can even balance the kids and balance my work and then get to do something it's like late at night and I don't have the creative flow. So that could be the frustration part. And then finally, the isolation is what I mentioned about the community. Sometimes we just feel alone. Um, even as a leader of a community, I feel alone at times. This is a very lonely type of job to speak to people and look out for people and to try to say things that you feel no one else is saying or doing. And so that isolation, even in a space where we're all supposedly connected with social media can feel very isolating. And so I think a lot of creatives, like you mentioned, people who are at home and want to do this say, well, who's going to tell me, who's going to teach me and who's going to like kind of have my back. So I think those three, hopefully to the listeners, I think one of those three would apply to you and you would understand that, hey, you're not alone in this. You deal with these same frustrations, isolations and hesitations that we all deal with. And there's a way out of it, but we just got to like first, you know, like Paul says, like, you know, we have to admit our weaknesses so that we can become strong. Yeah. And uh, if you're like me, you resonate with all three of those uh, (laughs) pretty often. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. Everything you were just saying, I'm like, yep, yep, yep. Been there, been there, been there. We're not alone in this. And I think that's a huge encouragement is, um, yeah, just to, to not, um, not hesitate to reach out and to seek help or ask questions and, you know, communities like Creatively Christian and God and Gigs, we exist to do just that, to kind of come alongside each other and to help each other and encourage each other. And um, so if everything that Paul just said, resonates with your heart, like it did mine, uh, we're here for you. So yeah. And, uh, you've mentioned, uh, there's a lot of things that you're doing there at God and gigs. Uh, it's awesome. So I felt like this question was kind of like, what came first, the chicken or the egg, but like, and I think you've kind of alluded to the progression of, uh, the community that you've been building. So what came first, like the book, the podcast, the coaching, what, what was the evolution of that? And how has that, unfolding surprised you? Oh, gosh, all of it has surprised me. Let me start with the second half. It's all surprising. It's like, what? (laughs) It's all like a uh, what's behind door number two, God? Are you kidding me? Really? (laughs) Um, But the progression, I would have to kind of go back to the beginning. And my wife and I just did recently on my podcast, uh, we did a anniversary episode. uh, I think it was 130 something. I don't know. Uh, but it was four years in to the podcast mm-hmm. and five years into my book. So chronologically speaking, it was book, podcast, and community kind of always like evolving around those two things. But if I had to go back, my wife really did the best job of explaining it in that episode because she said it basically what I explained a little earlier about how people used to come to our house. We couldn't get rid of them. Like they would come to eat her food because <laughs> she's an amazing cook. She's one of those introvert creatives that doesn't want anybody to know that she's amazing at everything she does mm. and doesn't want to sell it. But literally, if she sees a, uh, either a recipe or a crochet pattern or a painting, she'll just, I want to do that and she'll make it. And then she doesn't wow. want me to tell anybody. So sorry, honey. But her, her, creative, her creative bent is hospitality, the gift of hospitality, mm-hmm. and to create things where people felt at home. Mine was, as you can see, teaching and connecting. Like, I just love that. I could do that all day. And so when she mentioned the fact that even before I wrote the book, people were always at her house and they're like, we had these conversations. So 
I think once I realized there was a community that was already there, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to write a book. And the book was supposed to be like a little pamphlet. Like I'm holding up a little paper. It was like supposed to be this thin. I imagined it being like, like a flyer. That's what I imagined. <laughs> Hand people a flyer. Here's a, and God's like, nope. I ran a Kickstarter in 2015 or so, 16, yeah, 15, and then was able to raise money for the book. So then the book was completed. Uh, that's the signature book, uh, God and Gig, Succeed as a Musician Without Sacrificing Your Faith. And then it was a devotional, Your Art, God's Heart, God's Heart, a little later. And then finally, like you mentioned, the uh, podcast started 2017. So yeah, it's been a natural thing and all of it surprised me, but each one was necessary. Like, there's not a piece of this puzzle that is not like, well, yeah, I have to do this. I have to have a community. There has to be written material. There has to be a coaching program where people, I can't just hand them a book and say, please go get this. Like I got to stay beside them and say, all right, now what? Mm-hmm. Cause so it's like, yeah, it's kind of like where God builds up a building. And he says, in uh, I think in second Peter or first Peter about how we were fitly put together as a building, spiritual building. Like that's what it is. Like I have to put all the pieces. I can't have you in the front door and not have a roof over your head. Mm. Like I have to build, I have to build all the things so that you can exist and and thrive in this family, this community. So yeah, that's kind of like how it's evolving. That's really cool. Um, and I, again, that, that just the paying attention to the needs of your community and, and faithfully walking forward and what God brought to your heart. Like I, this is a need. This is a need mm. that we have. And to walk forward in that, that's, uh, it's a beautiful and faithful way to walk forward in anything that we do just to be paying attention to the needs of others around us. And um, yeah. And you mentioned Kickstarter and I didn't prep you for this, but I'm very curious. And I know there's a lot of people in our community that have k- kicked around doing Kickstarters before. What was that process like? And um was it intimidating? Was it encouraging? And uh, would you recommend people look into that if they, you know, if they are bumping up against maybe some of that capital uh, to, to actually walk forward in a project? That's a great question. And I, I have to be guarded because number one, I'm neither a, uh, I'm not a sponsor of Kickstarter. Let me just pull out this. <laughs> None of that stuff. Um, I, it's hard to say what I would recommend it because obviously every situation is different. I can only tell you my experience. So I definitely feel that the model of crowdfunding, because that's really what we're talking about. The model of mm-hmm. crowdfunding is really where it does put the creative at center stage and it does give you all the power and the leverage as a person who does not have to go outside of your community to find the resources that will help you do what God's called you to do. So crowdfunding in itself is really cool because that's simply, it's simply basically like the disciples, like, Hey, we've got a need. Let's all pool our resources and let's get it done. And that's basically what you do as a creator. When you go into a Kickstarter or Indiegogo or something like that, go fund me. It's basically saying, here's what I'm doing. Please, you know, and it's not a begging kind of thing with Kickstarter because it's not just charity. You are offering a incentive. You give me, you know, the funds, you do a, you know, whatever level it is. And then you come back and I will re I will give you a reward or something like that. Or the product, usually it's a product or a creation. My caveat or my con is it is a lot of work because it's a, it's a good work, but it is hard because you have to define what it is that you're actually offering. And then Kickstarter, and there's, that's why I was careful. There's a lot of different crowdfunding sites. Kickstarter is unique because they make it where you have to achieve your goal in order to get the funds. Right. I did not achieve, if I had not achieved my goal of, 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 of 
for my book, my publishing cost, you get nothing. It's zero or not, it's, it's all or nothing. So that's intimidating for some people. And the other intimidating part is, like I said, the work you have to do, you already have to sell the thing. You already have to tell people what your project's about, which is a good thing. You should be able to define it and Kickstarters and the things like that to for, force you to define what is it you're trying to do? What's your goal? Who are you reaching? Why do you want to reach them? Why is this even important to me? So outside of your family and friends, you know, you even with your, even with your family and friends, you should be able to define it, but then you do have to follow up. You do need to send the emails. You do need to do the tweets and the text and the promotion, which again, as I said, it's kind of good. It has to be done anyway, but now you have to do it on the front, the front end for the Kickstarter. So I would just say to anyone doing a, a crowdfunding project, make sure you define your project, make sure you define who it is you're reaching, why you want to reach them and why it's important to them, not necessarily to you. That's the tricky part. Of course, it's important to you, but how is it going to benefit or bless them? And that, of course, goes into the rewards or whether it's going to bless their hearts or whether it's going to be something that they need, not just to seed into your life, but that you're going to seed back into theirs with the project or whatever you're trying to raise money for. So that's the big thing. If you define those things, I think crowdfunding is an awesome way to go. Just know that, hey, you got to follow through with all those things in mind. That's awesome. And I think that's that's something good for us to define anyway, um, you know, whether we're seeking out crowdfunding or not, um, as we're entering into a project to really think through those questions that you just asked um, that Kickstarter prompted you to ask. But um, yeah. yeah, it's good. Those are really good things for us to meditate on and really think through as we're serving uh, those that we're reaching out to. So that's awesome. Cool. Well, thanks for speaking on that a little bit. And let's talk a little bit more about your book. Um, and I love, you mentioned that the subtitle is um, Succeed as a Musician Without Sacrificing Your Faith. Um, we're all about that around here. So mm. can you share some highlights and like maybe some main points from your book with everyone? Well, thank you. I, I again, I, I can only take credit for how God like gave me these, these ideas because I was trying to walk them out. And that's I best. The only, only credit I could take is that I was trying to walk them out. And, um, and as I mentioned that when I first got the idea, this, this, the word service, because I play in service and because we're supposed to be servants, it just fit. And uh, so the main course of the book are seven principles that kind of walk this out. I call it the seven service steps. So the seven service steps are to stay connected to God and then all the other things that go along with God, family, church, and all those things. So S is for stay connected. E is for established priorities um, in your life. Establish what kind of musician do you want to be? Why are you called to this? Establish what's going to be important in your life. R is respect the business because this is a business. Creativity, you cannot be in this world without doing some business and trying to make a living doing what you love. So I talk about that. Then we have I, which is investing. I'm sorry, I skip it. I can't spell today. V, which is visualizing <laughs> your goals. Visualizing your goals, which of course has to go along with planning and realizing what do you want to do with your career. I, investing in yourself. And then C, challenging yourself to grow. Really, really big one because I love talking about C because I think a lot of people as artists, we think that this is all we need to be. Just whatever I do, I'm going to do this. And I think God also calls you to do more than what you think you're able to do uh, exceedingly above all you ask or think. So a lot of times in this book, I like to challenge you, hey, if you weren't playing music, what would you be doing? If you weren't an artist, what would you be doing? If you weren't a church musician, what would you be doing? Because maybe there's something more. I, I'm a perfect example, right? I'm, I'm podcasting and writing now. That's not inside my worship band experience. 
So God kind of pushed me out the door a little bit, say, hey, 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 you're not going to be just a minister of music. You've got more to you. So challenge yourself to grow is one of my favorites. And then the last one would be evangelizing through your gift. The last E is, hey, whether or not you're inside or outside the four walls of the church, you're still called for a purpose is to bring disciples, make disciples of all men. Now, maybe you do that by just the way you discuss something after the, after the gig. I've had, I can't tell you, Andrea, how many people thought I was a marriage counselor after these gigs. I'm like, I don't, I should not be talking about your marriage. Like, why are you talking to me about this? We just, you just played a blues song. Like we we're just, we just met. Why are you telling me about that? And it was, that's what it was. It was God kind of drawing them. It was like, Hey, sh- share some light with this person. Who's never going to walk inside this church. And the only way they're going to do it is if they meet you in this club mm-hmm. after the gig. And that's what I think this is all, all about. At some point, it's not about the music we make here. It's not about the career we have here. It's about the eternal rewards. And I think what that last chapter is, is about saying, hey, no matter what you do cre- creatively, musically, it, it's a long-term goal. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's bigger than you. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than us. It's bigger than just making a living or making a, or even being fulfilled creatively. Like that's great, mm-hmm. but we'll, we'll make much more music in heaven. We'll, make, we'll be eternally creative you got plenty of time for that what we don't have time to do as much time is to impact people right here in relation relationships so i hope i kind of i went all the way through all seven i wish i could pick out one or two but to me all of them fit yeah that's really and i i love whenever uh writers do that you know they pick a word and then yeah it's just incredible uh really helpful and um, to have that list. And we may share that little list with everybody in our show notes and we'll be sure to link your book. Cause I think this would be a really, um, encouraging resource for, uh, all of the creative Christians out there listening and, it, you know, a great gift to anyone that you see, um, growing or just that could use encouragement in your circle. Um, this could be a really great resource. Um, and hey, real quick, Andrea, I, I, was, yeah. I, was, I want to say real quick, because I, I felt, I feel bad as soon as we say creatives, I have to remind people all the time, I have to remind myself, I, I really should have written a part two by now, because I did write it from where I was in 2015, which is to the church musician. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, these apply to all creatives, but totally. I mean, but I was, I was writing as the musician, like saying, hey, I got to get up and teach this choir, these parts. And then, so it is very much, that's why, honestly, like you mentioned, the evolution, I had realized like this is not just for people who play and sing in the church band or the worship band. This yeah. is for anyone. So yeah, I've been, God's been again, kind of knocking on me like, Hey, uh, why haven't you written the creatives <laughs> edition yet? Just change, <laughs> just include the photographers, include the artists, include the actresses, you know, put something in there for everybody. <laughs> oh, I would so, love yeah. that. That'd be yeah. so great. Well, I got to work uh, on it. Yep. You work on that. I want to see that faithful walk forward in that too. That'd be great. So, um, awesome. Well then, uh, let's talk about your podcast a little bit because, uh, we love podcasts and, um, yeah. we think these conversations are really, um, such, such a fun way to learn from each other and to be encouraged by each other. And I know that you tackle a bunch of different kinds of topics in your podcast, you know, uh, trying to really encourage people and, um, what seem to be the most useful topics to your community? What have you seen people really listen to time and time again, or come back to and really uh, glean from? That's a great question. Uh, so after four years, the podcast was bi-weekly and then went weekly right before the pandemic. Great timing. Yeah. Um, Cause that's when I got my most 
my most, uh, I guess, prestigious guests because they were all sitting at home. And um, it's like, oh, you know, just because you're available, tour, you're available. Look at that. Oh, COVID, uh, you know, the, the COVID, not, not that we ever wanted to call it a blessing, nope. but the silver lining, silver lining, the silver lining. So uh, the topics that have resonated the most, that's a great question. I've seen uh, most of my emails that come back that's how I usually tell if somebody responds or leaves a comment or leaves a review, that's how, you know, cause like, mm-hmm. okay, this is a very transient medium where of course you can listen on the go. You can listen in your car. You can, you don't have to like necessarily sit down and say, Oh, write this down and respond to it. So it's very much passive where uh, somebody responds. I know that got their attention. And so I saw a lot of reviews on one episode I got to do with um, manifest Chris Greenwood. He's one of the most, uh, successful Christian rock artist, um, amazing individual. Just, I mean, he has a motor uh, drive like nobody's business. He's sold millions of albums or millions of copies and stuff and super faithful, just no, no compromise at all in his walk, you know, very, very clear about what he believes. And then somebody wrote from that one, that episode, they wrote back and they said, thank you so much for interviewing him because he said something about how, he was discouraged at times. Like he had a motorcycle accident, it was a skateboarding accident and he was going to be a professional skateboarder. That was his pivot. And God's like, no, I'm going to let this happen to you so that you can pivot into your calling and destiny as a Christian musician and, and, and this artist that people would, and uh, entrepreneur. So someone wrote back and they said, thank you so much for that story. I think in every episode, I try to tell, let them tell a story of what would you tell your former self, former self, mm. If you were where you, for someone, because somebody is right where that person used to be. There's a lot of successful people I get to interview, but they all started from zero. Like none of them started at a hundred. None of them started with like, you know, there's no trust fund for creativity. Like there's, you all start at the beginning where you have to convince people, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to stick with it. So the ones I would say that have been the most impactful have been those stories, not my Mm -hmm. stories, but the stories of the artists I've interviewed where they said, hey, this is where I was scared. This is where I was frustrated. This is where I was. And now, yes, I performed in a White House. And now, yes, I've done this. And now, yes, I've done that. But they always gravitate to those moments where it's like, oh, that's me too. That was me. That was me in high school. That was me. And so I would say that's probably the thing that comes back the most. Like anytime there's a story of someone that did not let that stop them, um, those are the themes I think that we need to hear. And that's probably what the, the podcast has been most successful at is telling those stories. I love that. And yeah, the power of story is, um, is so evident in, you know, you were talking about, you know, earlier that just the community, you guys getting together and talking through life and, and struggles. And, um, that's how we grow and we learn and we, um, we can be encouraged by each other. And yes, I totally echo that. Like when I hear somebody's story of how God, uh, took them from point A to point B, you know, and, and the progression of things. It's, it's always so enlightening and um, how the spirit works and how he directs our path. And um, yeah, it kind of speaks to that, that feeling of isolation or um, just um, being unsure in yeah. ourselves and our own stories. When we hear each other's stories, it's really encouraging. So yeah, we'll have to link your podcast to, um, to make sure people can plug in and listen to those stories too. That'd be really great. Thank you. Um, okay. So I know you love to talk to people about balance. 
Uh, so balancing their creative time with their everyday life. And you've done this, I would say, it looks like you've done this very well for, it's probably been a learning process, but I fake it very well. Yes. (laughs) I, 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 I am like the duck. I look very calm on the top and paddling like mad underneath. Duck analogy. That's perfect. <laughs> oh, I just lost my headphones. Let's try that again. I'm laughing so hard. I lost my earbud. Okay. So what would your best advice? What have you learned as a duck? Uh, what have you as learned? Duck. <laughs> um, my duck, my duck lessons. Okay. Um, wow. That is such a great question because I, it keeps coming back to this. Actually, you know what I'll plug. This is a perfect time for me to plug, to do like I'm about to say in my devotional, I'm going to um, lift mm-hmm. somebody else up before I try to lift myself up. There's a great book that just came out literally today as I'm recording called Mm -hmm. Redeeming Your Time by Jordan Rayner. Jordan Rayner is one of my all-time favorite authors. Got to interview him, literally came out today that um, we're recording. And he talks about this whole life balance and management, managing your time like Jesus managed it. So none of the the things I say from now on, they're all, I'm all stealing it from him because I literally just read the book and it's like all fresh. So this is why I'm using him as uh, as a reference. But he talks about, the fact that Jesus knew how to say yes and how to say no. And what I'm learning both from his book and in my own life is that it's not this idea of balance. Like suddenly I say no to anything regarding anything but my goals, or I say no to anything except my wife or my wife is, you know, it's always because what Jordan mentions in the book is that Jesus sometimes was sacrificial with his time. Jesus had one thing on his mind. The woman comes, touches the hem of his garment, and suddenly Jesus's priorities shift. First, it was this man over here, but then suddenly he turns around and stops everything and says, who touched me? So to me, that says, and again, stealing from the book, not stealing, but learning from this next book that's coming out. I can't be so focused on work-life balance that I get to decide the priorities. The priorities Mm -hmm. have to come from God first. So there are times, even now that I'm recording that the priority is my community, God's called me to a community, which means I takes time away from my family. But then God's also called me to be a husband, which means I then have to turn around. And that's why I think the balance word is just, it's not a great way to describe it because balance implies even, uh, yeah. even right? Like mm-hmm. there's no seesaw to it. And so in, even in one of my teachings, I talk about that. It's like the in-between where you seesaw. Well, the seesaw is okay as long as you got like, as long as you're not like digging into the ground. So I'm just like, it's leaning this way or leaning that way. That's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to lean to the way that the weight is more needed. Mm-hmm. And then the other side lets go just enough <laughs> so that the other side can do what it's supposed to do. And then it's teeters to the right. So to me, balance, I think it's just the wrong word to put it. Um, I don't know if I have a better word than that, but uh, yeah, I'm definitely learning from people like the book I've mentioned and I'm learning from others that it's not about this perfect level of priority that everyone achieves this almost Zen-like state where you know exactly what to do and your to-do list is perfect. And it's like, no, it's learning how to deal with the ebb and flow. And I think it's better word is seasons. Yeah. Understanding your work-life seasons, which could be seasons in a day or seasons in a decade. Either way, you know, the Bible says to the time, there's a time for every purpose under heaven. Every purpose of the heaven has a time. But it doesn't mean they're all at the same time and neither that you should think that you're supposed to be in control of it every minute of the day. I think that's where we buy in, I think, to the, I guess, the gurus and stuff like that. And we just always feel like, oh, I should be doing better. It's like, no, maybe God just wants us to be content with the way that things are going right now and just do better in managing that. So, yeah, I hope that answers the question. I don't know if I really got there. 
Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I, I, it's funny. Well, God just works this way. I just was working on a song this week um, out of Ecclesiastes, those, the time for everything. Mm. And uh, I love that section. It's such a good reminder to be content and to be, um, to be uh, aware of what God's doing in seasons of our lives and to watch. I'm a gardener too, too. So I like, I love when you plant a seed in the spring, you know, there's this, this, faith that you're putting into the ground and you're sowing and to watch it unfold. But then, you know, come harvest, there is a harvest, but then you're putting everything to bed and you're just trusting that it'll come back in the spring. And um, yeah, it's, it's a really great lesson for us to learn. I think everybody should garden, but if you don't garden, at least, you know, understand. I'm actually, um, yeah. I'm trying it out. Are you good? I have have a couple of house plants. I used to have a very, very, like a black thumb. Like I would kill anything. Uh, a couple of them have survived me. They have survived. So I am learning. And I, but I love the analogy you just mentioned about gardening because I, mm-hmm. I do equate creativity and the way we create to gardening. There's so many times that we have a seed of an idea at our heads and it's like, God, is this time? Wait, yet? Yeah. And there might be something mm-hmm. I wrote in high school. And I think the idea is horrible. I think is oh, well, that's because I didn't get to use it now and no one liked the song and no, I didn't like the chords. It's just never going to come out. It's like, no, it's a seed that, it's been planted. It's going to come out eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, he said, there's always going to be a harvest on every seed. So if he planted a seed, it's going to come forth in due time. But like you said, with your gardening, you have to kind of, sometimes the worst thing you can do will go and mess with it yes. or dig it up or try to do too much watering. Your job is literally to sit and wait and let God do the work on the inside. So yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that analogy. I have to remind myself to do some more gardening just <laughs> so I can see yeah. that application. It's a great life lesson. I think my kids, sometimes they get a little tired of my lessons as we're out in the garden working and they're like, I know mom, I know I'm learning about faith through what we're getting. Yeah. It's just, it's funny. So, um, but I also, I love your seesaw analogy, uh, instead of looking at it as balance to like in the course of a day, like when my kids are at home with me, like before I get them off to school, that's my focus that they're, they're my priority. They're my focus. I can't be worried about a podcast conversation or a co-write or anything. Like I, it's, it's like a shift, a teeter totter of focus. And, mm-hmm. um, I think that's a really good analogy. The seesaw. Um, I love that a lot. So, um, okay. So, uh, as we wrap things up, can you tell us, you know, while you're going to be writing part two, we already talked about that. So that's it's an all, yes, I've made, I've made a commitment. Um, let, let my yes. Be it's yes. recorded now. You gotta do it. So. <laughs> I love it. But uh, twenty twenty four. Right. No I don't well, know. I can't say that. We won't hold you to that. But uh, I'm. Ex- it would be a really. I think that's. Uh, you know, the way God has been growing uh, your community and that because we haven't really mentioned that you don't only minister to musicians, you minister to creatives of all types kind of like we do here. And I'm sure, um, that has been something that has surprised you over time too, is uh, as a musician, uh, what you're learning and what you're growing in, um, reaches far beyond the genre uh, of music. Oh, absolutely. Um, It's, it's so interesting that I think when I first, again, mentioning people responding to things and realizing, wait, people, I believe one of my first blog posts, uh, I literally was just writing a thought to my grandma and, and whoever, like, um, you know, the five, the five people that would maybe read it. And then all of a sudden I had this blog post I wrote. Oh gosh. I just remembered like the name of it. The five excuses every musician makes at rehearsal. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so this was like a tongue in cheek kind of, oh, so what you really meant was when you said I didn't learn the music was that you didn't have time because you wanted to watch your last episode or whatever, you know? And so I just was doing all these little jabs at musicians and that post, I woke up one day and on my WordPress, it's like, oh, 50,000 views. I said, what, what, what? happened? <laughs> So it was kind of like that. Same thing with other creatives. It was like, wait, you're a photographer and you want, you want to hear from me? Or, I mean, you've already written a book. Why are you asking me this question? I'm not even an author yet, but, for, for, you know, but now you're asking me about promotion and how to use Twitter or how to. And so, again, I think the key is we all have questions. I forgot who, who, who quoted this. I think it was a rapper, but even the genius asked questions. Mm. Like geniuses ask questions. So the more questions that came from other areas, the more it was like, who am I? If I don't have the answers, my job is to find the person that does. Mm. So that's how the community grew. It was okay. like, okay, I don't have answers to how to, you know, put a contract together for your, your latest album. I don't do that. I'm not a big person in terms of recording. So I got to go find someone that can answer that question for you in a way that, so I go talk to a music lawyer and I interview her and she's like, oh, do this, 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 this. So my job is to kind of be that facilitator, like the, you know, like the Philip of the, of the disciples. I, I, my job is to go find people and bring them to Jesus. Like, hey, this guy over here needs your help. And um, so I think that's where I've grown into the area of the genres. It wasn't about just uh, music, musicians, even though that's my home base, since my, my heart is. My, my home base is anybody that wants to create like I did and wants to be fulfilled as a creative mm-hmm. and, and have, you know, all these pieces in place and not feel like you're stuck. That's really where my heart goes. So it's not just about the music. It's about those creative, again, conversations that we're having with, with our friends every day. Yeah. That's awesome. So along with part two, what other projects are you excited about that are coming up? Well, the most exciting one, I think is again, all based on community. It's our God and Geeks 360 community. Cause once again, God kind of slapped me upside the head and said, why are you doing all this stuff on Facebook? And hoping Facebook will show your post and not creating a place where these conversations could have. So we do have a new community that came out, I think in June of this year um, called God of Gigs 360, um, doing trainings. Basically, it's the home base for God and Gigs. So the book, my devotional, everything inside the community when people join is literally free, the digital versions. It's, it's uh, forums, member Q&As, lessons, um, everything that we talk about in God and Gigs is now in that place. And so that what makes me excited is that now it's like, oh, like we kind of talked about the outside of the interview. Now, if somebody has questions that they're like, wait, how do I do this? I don't have to struggle. My, my goal is within a week of any question you have in this community, you'll have your answer. Awesome. That's my goal. My goal is once you're there, you can immediately say, hey, I don't know the answer, but this, this, this trumpet player in D.C., who's doing the exact same kind of project you're doing, get with her. And it will be like that instant connection. It's like, oh, you're doing this too. So God and Gigs 360 is built to be a, give you complete creative confidence. And honestly, I could see myself, along with the podcast and the writing, I could see myself doing that the rest of my life. That's kind of why it excites me because there's no end to the connections that can be made. And then I just get to sit and watch. Like, it's not work. It's like, you guys go do what God's blessed you to do. Go do it. Go do it. And if you have a question, quick, watch this video. Now go do it. Oh, quick, you know, review this podcast and do this worksheet. Now go do it. And it's like, it's so action oriented that it makes me excited because I realized that the people who will come into that community aren't going to do it unless they're ready to move. Like they're not the ones that are stuck. They'll take that little step of faith 
and then they'll move forward. That's, you know, absolutely the, the project I'm excited most about. And I think there's going to be a lot that comes out of it that I don't even know what God's going to do yet. But yeah, I just got to keep my eyes open and, and be willing to move forward. That's so exciting. Yeah, I, I'm such a fan of doing art in community with each other and uh, to come alongside people and uh, be an encouragement to each other, being cheerleaders for each other. Um, yeah, we need each other in this work. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll be praying for you in that. Um, and you've mentioned a couple, so I know you have a website, how else could our uh, listeners connect with you? And we'll be sure to link all of these uh, in our show notes. Andrea, this has been such a fun conversation. Anyone out there that's listening in this podcast, by the way, you should have subscribed and followed by now. If, if you haven't, <laughs> I don't know why you haven't pressed the button because this is an amazing platform. If you want to reach God and gigs, it's really simple everywhere. Every time you go onto a social media, just tap God and gigs, make sure it's one God. Okay. We all are, <laughs> we, we believe in the one true God. So it's not gods and gigs. I've heard that a couple of times. Like, no, 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 just the gigs is plural. So God and gigs on any social media network, we're the same. It's very easy to find as far as our socials. And if you do want to find something more about me, I do have a personal blog, which I don't keep very, you know, I haven't updated it very often, but alancpaul.com is where they can find out about, you know, the other things I do as well. I do write for other subjects other than creativity, but that's, um, you know, just a, a side note for anybody that wants to find out more about me personally. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Great, Alan. Well, as we close out, I would love to pray for you in all that's going on. And then Alan is going to share um, uh, a devotional uh, with us from his book, uh, just to kind of close us out. So let's go to prayer. And um, yeah, and then we'll be encouraged by you to finish out. Well, Father God, thank you for this time. Uh, thank you for Alan and his work uh, that you have called him into. Thank you for his heart uh, to encourage your people. Um, and thank you for his kingdom focus, uh, his desire to encourage people um, in whatever situations they find themselves in, you know, as he, as he plays in his community, um, just, we pray that he would continue to reach hearts and connect with people on deep levels that continue to surprise him. Um, and that people would be, um, touched by your spirit through what he's doing. Um, we thank you for those interactions that he's had, and we pray for many more, um, Lord, thank you that you've called him into creating God and gigs. And we pray that the 360 community um, would just be a, a wonderful place of connection for those really seeking help and encouragement um, in their frustrations and their isolation and um, all those hesitations, Lord, as, as creatives, as we seek to live lives that honor you through the work that you have gifted us to do. Um, it's such an honor. It's such a privilege to do that. And it can be hard though. And we acknowledge that. And we, we pray for um, the work uh, there uh, in that community, that it would be a light and an encouragement uh, to those that connect. Um, we pray for Alan and his family as uh, they wrap up this year of 2021. And we just pray for um, all that lies ahead for them in the coming year and and everything uh, that you're just asking Alan to do. Um, thank you for his example of faithful obedience. And uh, it's been such an encouragement to us today. 
um, as we seek to do the same. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I'm so blessed by that. And it was really hard for me to pick a, uh, a devotion that, I mean, cause so much of this community, I just feel like such a, such a, uh, uh, alignment here, but I said, you know what, let me pick, uh, from my devotional year, your art, God's heart. Let me pick day seven. Uh, and I call it the golden rule of artists and I'll summarize it really quick. It, um, simply comes from, of course, the golden rule we heard, but a lot of people, you know, outside the church don't realize the golden rule is actually the Bible. <laughs> We're in Luke 6.31. He says that, you know, that do unto others, as I'm sorry, let me read it specifically, because this is what people say, do unto others as you'd have to do unto, do unto you. But the actual words in the second half of the verse are, just as you want men to do to you, do the same to them. And so it turns it just slightly when you listen to the phrase to is not do unto others as you would have them. It's more of a phrase of do unto others for them so that you will have the same thing go to you. So the reason I'm using this as a golden rule of artists is it's more important that we lift others up. We give first. You're not looking selfishly inside. And I write this even in this the, the devotional. There's no joy in success if you have to destroy and diminish others to get it. That kind of life will eventually repel the very people you seek to win over. Make sure you're finding ways to treat your fellow artists as you wish to be treated and patiently wait for the time that God chooses to give your art a platform that makes the world take notice. Hmm. So that's really what it's all about. Yes, God will elevate you. Yes, God will give you a place for your art. Yes, God will use your gift, your creativity where he sees fit. But before he does... Maybe he's just waiting to see how you're going to lift up somebody else. So send this podcast to someone, tell them or encourage them some way and do it without ulterior motives. Do it just to bless them and lift their a fellow artist who probably needs more encouragement even than you do right now. And then I do believe that just like the Bible says, as you give, it shall be given to you, press down, shake it together. So that's from our devotional. And thank you so much for letting me share. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And I, I think that's just a great way to just stick the landing on this conversation. So thank you, Alan, so much for your time today. And uh, we look forward to connecting with you further and just reading your second book too. So I look forward that's to that. <laughs> All right, thank Alan. Well, thanks everybody for joining us today. Uh, be sure to, yes, as Ellen said, subscribe uh, and share this episode out as an encouragement to those that you love. Thanks so much, everybody. Thank you so much for listening today. To see all the resources and links that were mentioned in this episode, head over to our website at theophanymedia.com forward slash Allen. To support the show and join our patron community where you'll get extra access and exclusive content, visit us at patreon.com forward slash creatively Christian. Creatively Christian is a product of Theophany Media. You can find out more at TheophanyMedia.com. This show is hosted by Brandon Hollingsworth, Andrea Sandifer, Dave Ebert, and Rachel Oxborough. Our logo is by Bill Brooks. Bill Brooks and Andrea Sandifer did our music. And Jake Dobrins produces and edits the show.